0: When Ralphie got that Red Ryder BB gun, he was happy. And Clark Griswold got his bonus, for a minute, he was happy. He thought things were right. The Cranks had planned their trip. They were ready to leave town, and then Claire called, and Claire said, I'm coming over for Christmas. And Mrs. Crank was happy. Mr. Crank still wanted to go somewhere, but happy. At your wedding, you're gonna be happy. It's a beautiful, beautiful occasion. When you have the birth of a child, you're happy. When you have a birth of a grandchild, you're happier. It's a wonderful occasion. At your graduation, you're happy. When your team wins, something like the Super Bowl, you're very happy. These are wonderful times. When you get a present you looked for and you wanted, you get really happy. When the meal is ready to be served, there's something about happiness that just bubbles up and overflows within you. It is a wonderful occasion. You are absolutely happy. But happy has to do with the idea and often has to do with the happenings around us, those things that are happening to us. They don't necessarily have to do with something that has happened within us. They are something that is external, and with them they can evaporate those feelings. They can move away from us in time. This happens very often. But when we come to the scripture and we come to the Christmas story, this narrative begins to unfold for us, the idea of happiness being transitioned into something called joy. And today our word is joy, and I say to you, Christmas brings joy. To some of you, you say, no, Christmas brings pain, Christmas brings problems. Christmas brings all kinds of headache to me. But I don't think that's really the intent and I don't think it's really the reality of the Christmas joy because a Christmas joy is something very rich, something very full, something that is to be unwrapped and to be experienced in our life every day. The Bible talks about joy and cheer almost synonymously. Whenever it talks to us in the Christmas story, it says to us that, Mary, you can rejoice because you are highly favored. There's our word joy coming in the form of rejoice. Mary said, my spirit rejoices. Literally translated, my spirit jumps or leaps for joy because of what has been shared with me about the birth of the baby Jesus. Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1, when she learns of Jesus, uh, the pregnancy with Mary, she is filled with joy and begins to sing a song. It is a wonderful expression. Simeon and Anna, the old people at the temple, they were filled with worship, wonder, awe, and joy in their heart. The shepherds had come to the the nativity. And when they come to the nativity where Jesus would be born, something would happen to them. There would be something they would experience that they had never experienced before. It would give to them more than just a momentary spring in their step, more than just a momentary excitement. More than just a tweet for them to tweet. More than just a message for them to post. This was something that was going to be life-changing. This was something that was going to be eternally influencing. This was something that would make a mega difference. When the wise men would come later on, the scripture would say, when they saw the star, they were filled with great joy. In other words, they were filled with great cheer, the scripture is saying. And then it says, they were exceedingly great greatly filled with joy. In other words, it was mega cheer, mega joy. This is what we've been singing about this morning. This is what the prayer was about this morning. This is what our passages have been about this morning. This is what our word is about this morning. And in the life story of all of us, no matter what has happened to us, when we understand the Christmas joy, we understand something different than just our circumstances around us. For the Christmas joy is much more rich and full than that. And so we embrace today the two truths that unfold here in our story, with the shepherds whenever they are introduced to the Christ Child on that very first Christmas. The first thing we want to understand is this: that the joy is for you. I want you to note your neighbor if they're with you, and say, "This joy is for you." Some of you today have had loved ones that have passed away. Some of you have had job adjustments. Some of you have had health adjustments. Some of you have children that you don't know if they're going to come in for Christmas or what's going to happen. You're really wondering about that. You have those strayed relationships, and you're wondering if it's really going to be a joyful occasion that you're going to experience. It's going to have all these things happen. But the shepherds heard the news, and the news was glad tidings, great joy, and it will be to all the people. This is to you. Billy Graham puts it this way. He says, there's no reason to expect the night would be any different than any other. But God had other plans. This was a night when God himself would come to earth. The dull routine of their lives was suddenly and dramatically shattered with the appearance of the angels and the tidings of Christ's birth echoes across the sky. I've wondered before why in the world would God send his message to shepherds? Mary isn't going to get excited understanding the shepherds are coming into the birthing room. Are you kidding me? Not a chance. She doesn't want to see them bringing their smelly, stinky, maybe not having any kind of manner. Who knows what these guys are made of? I don't know. But here they are. They can't even testify in court. They're viewed as the lowest of the... But here they are receiving this news. I think I know the reason after all. I think the reason is the shepherds knew they needed a savior. Many other people were so stinking pious, they did not know they needed a savior. And because... God understood this. He sent the message from the angels about the birth of Jesus, about the birth of himself. He says, I'm going to send this to some people that are going to understand that they need help. They need a savior. They are lost. And I want to say to you today, this joy, this Christmas joy, it is for you. The angels are told the reason for their joy. Notice the sentence starts out, fear not. Fear not means something else is coming right behind this statement. You better get ready. Brace yourself. Sit down. Something's going to happen. A life-changing comment is about ready to be uttered here. Something big is on its way. You better get ready. Are you ready? Fear not, for behold, we bring you good tidings of great joy, exceeding joy that will be to all the people. In other words, you don't have to be afraid in this moment. We're bringing great big joy to you. Luke, in his writing, would say to the house of Israel, but also This is going to be to all of the world, to those people sitting right here, to those people who are prisoners in Haiti, to those people who are watching me right now online, wherever you are, this is exceeding great joy and is given to you and to all the people. You do not have to be afraid. God is coming, and God is coming with good news of great joy. This is something that will be given to you. This is greater than the doctor's report that may be forbidding to you. This is greater than what you will experience at the funeral home whenever your sadness is overtaking. This is greater than you will experience in any kind of breaking news experience. For the angels are coming, and if we had it in today's terms, they would come scrolling across the bottom line of the screen, breaking news, or it is so big, it would come out as two big old words, breaking news across the screen. And everybody would be watching this news. Breaking news, the angels are saying. We've got some good news we want to give to you. What is the good news? A Savior. That is Christ, the one who saves. The scripture says he'll save his people from their sins. That's why he's named Jesus. That's what it means. And he is the Christ. He is the Messiah, the appointed one by God. And he is Lord. So he is is the Savior. He is the Christ. That means the King. And then he is Lord. That means superior Son of God appointed to rule. And the scripture tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that he is Lord and at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the glory and honor of God that Jesus Christ is Lord. This joy that they're talking about is different than just external circumstances that create for us great happiness and wonderful feelings. I like that feeling. I love that feeling. But Jesus would use this term which is chara. That is the original Greek understanding of this word joy here. He'll use this word two times in John chapter 15, verse 11. He says this to his followers, to people like you and me, his disciples. He says, I have told you these things that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow, he is saying. This is something that happens down within. That no matter the circumstances around us, our hearts are still filled with joy. Our hearts are still filled with the peace of God. Our hearts are still filled with the assurance that we have a relationship with God. Some of you battle some sort of mental illness, and it is a real struggle that you face. It is something that you don't know how you're going to feel the next day always when you wake up, and you know you go through cycles in your life, and your life has been a real pain for you. It has been a real challenge for you. You have challenges other people don't have, and you say, Kev, what about this joy this joy goes beyond the brokenness of our mind. Some of you have to run around with oxygen on. This joy goes beyond just some kind of a broken body experience we might have. When I stood to preside over my father's funeral, I stood up and the first words were the echoes words of the poem and song. Just think of stepping on shore and finding it heaven, of touching a hand and finding it God's, of breathing new air and finding it celestial. Of waking up in glory and finding it home. Even in the midst of our sorrow, we were filled with this joy. We were sad, but we were joyful. This is absolutely amazing what can happen whenever this happens to us. And this was happening to these shepherds. And this can happen to us in this Christmas season. Rick Warren says, happiness depends on happenings. It comes from the root word hap, which means circumstances and luck. But joy is different is deeper it's an inside job and it's not dependent on the circumstances henry blackaby's written a devotional many of you have read from his writing it's almost almost one of the standards now it seems it said do not allow the events difficult events of your life to cancel the joy of knowing that you're a child of god choose to allow god's spirit to fill you with unquenchable joy and your life will be the miracle that those watch when you face the trials that come. This is an inside job that is done by Christ Himself as we look into the face of the baby in the manger and receive Him into our life as Savior, Christ, and Lord. Pam and I went to school with Don and DeAndra. Don and DeAndra got married, lovely couple lived in Oklahoma, he had that Oklahoma draw, wonderful guy, as honest as a day is long, Christian man to the core, they were excited, we had a child, they had a child, we had a child, they had a child, we had another child, they stopped, (laughs) three's a crowd, caboose is sitting over here (laughs) anyway life was good, they settled in nice home, lovely jobs they were doing great stuff the son, the oldest went off to Baylor University they were proud of him he was studying, doing well, came home for Christmas break, I told you about him ten years ago I told you about him Christmas break, Danae, his sister, his mother and father, Donna DeAndre, had gone off to work to do what they had to do. He had just gotten home from Christmas break, exhausted from the exams and all the other stuff he had, had to do. He crashed. He was sleeping. He was excited about Christmas break. Finally, he hears some noise in the house. He gets up. He's awakened. He walks in to see what it is. An intruder had come into the house and shot him dead right there in his own house. Is there joy? Well, Let's, <clears throat> let's consider Denae's words on that picture. His sister. She wrote this in 2011 and posted it this week again. Is there joy? Death is such a weird and bitter sweet thing, she said. It is a place where deep sorrow meets extreme joy, her words, not mine, and hope of eternity in heaven. The fact that we mourn is evidence that we were were made to live forever, that this broken world is not as it should be, and this place is not our home. We anxiously await the day that we will see Jesus face to face, and we live in the light of that. She goes ahead to write Grief is messy and just plain hard. Yes. Heaven is something we can joyfully look forward to, she said. We can somehow be both sad and hopeful, all at the same time. You see, friend, God is with us. And these shepherds understood something they had never understood before when they would go see this baby and look into his face and consider what the angels had said, their lives would be changed. The second thing about this joy, this Christmas joy, is that joy can transform anyone. This joy can transform anyone. The shepherds visit the manger and they brought transformation inside and out. These guys were absolutely contagious with joy. I want to ask you today, what are you contagious with? What are you contagious with? What are you carrying around what has soaked into your heart so much that it has gone deep into the recesses, into the caverns of your heart, deep into the crevices of who you are, really. What has really gone down into you and been absorbed into the hidden chambers of your life, whatever that is, when you get bumped the hardest, that is what comes to the surface. And these guys in these moments right here, we find out they are now transformed and they are moved by this joy. And the scripture would say to us that they left that place rejoicing on their way and they were sharing this great and grand and good news with other people. And the people around them were hearing the news and saying, wow, unbelievable. These are the first evangelists who go out and evangelize in our evangelism as a word comes, evangelize, comes right out of this, from this good news that they're sharing. Oh my goodness. And everybody who heard them was marveling. This is what Pastor Justin was talking about a while ago when he was talking about the family making the decision. We're going to choose joy. We're going to allow joy to come in us. We're going to allow joy to invade us. We're going to allow joy to move through us. We're going to allow joy to shine. And for some, there will be tears on our face, but there is joy in our heart because God has placed the hope of heaven in us. He has placed the hope of life within us. He has given us purpose and reason that goes beyond our momentary situation that may cause distress and pain and hurt in our life and confusion. Michael Wright, kid in the youth ministry, when I was a youth pastor years ago, 100 years ago, or at least 95, (coughs) Michael and contracted cancer. And he said, I'm very thankful that today I'm alive. I'm thankful for all that God is doing in my life and has done for me through the years as I battled this rare and terminal cancer. He's been so good to me. He has filled my heart with thanksgiving and praise. And a friend came on and responded to him and said, knowing Michael has changed my life through his unwavering faith, throughout his battle with cancer. He has taught me that God can use any situation for good. He has taught me that complaining serves no purpose and sucks joy from my soul. His words. He has taught me that a Christian can truly be content even in the darkest of valley. Being his friend has changed my life forever. I am so grateful for him. Job in the Old Testament, whether it's a literary or literalist story. I don't know, but I do know this. The story is absolutely amazing because he says some profound things that will help any one of us who embrace them in our life as we journey through whatever. He said, he said though he slay me, I will still serve him. Well, that's a great saying. Yep. Kind of hard for your friend to understand. Maybe though you slay me, I'll still serve him. You, know, you don't want to use that maybe. But he doesn't stop there, does he? Nope. He does not stop there. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives And at the last day he will stand upon the earth. are you kidding me? This is joy in the heart that exceeds the circumstances. And so when a loved one walks out the door and says, I don't love you, you're ugly, fat, dumb, and all of that, I don't need you anymore. When they do that kind of thing, you can still stand there with your heart, though tears come down your face and say, God, I don't know how you're going to give me joy, but somewhere I just believe that you're bigger than this circumstance. Your value on me was made at the cross. You hung there on the cross for me. You loved me. You gave your life. You didn't walk out. Thank you that you never leave me. Thank you that you never forsake me. And the joy begins to return into the heart of a person who has gone through these things. Verse 10 of our passage in Luke 2 says, this joy is for everyone. No one excluded. It's for you. The shepherds in verse 17 spread the news about Christ. Christ would say this as he went into his ministry some years later in Matthew 11 and 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, though you do not see him now, that's talking of Jesus, you trust him, you rejoice with the glorious, inexpressible hope. A while ago, how we were singing that song about the wonderful name of Jesus. Man, it struck me, the beauty of his name. Oh, not the word Jesus necessarily and how it's pronounced and rolls off of your tongue, so to speak. But the person of Jesus, how he lives within our heart. And he is our Lord, our Savior, our Messiah. There's something within that just says, yes, what a powerful name. It is the name of Jesus. I read the testimony of one from the Midwest who said it this way. I've asked myself many times this question. I know God is saving me. He's not finished with me yet. But he saved me from a life of complete narcissism, always wanting more, always wanting more. After 30 years of marriage, I am sure that he has kept me from cheating on my spouse, he said. He saved me from becoming the worst possible self. And to whatever degree I care for others, it's largely because of him, what he has done. Jesus saved me, the writer said, from guilt and shame and helplessness and despair, from fear and from death. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. I've watched him save addicts from their addiction and give new life. I've seen him save men and women from self-absorbed, resentful, bitter, and angry lives and transform them into freedom, hope, and joy. He came to save us. He came to save us from our brokenness and shared our human condition to deliver us and to lead us, the writer said, and to send us out in his name with the healing and the hope that the broken world needs. And writing about this says, note that this is good news of great joy for all the people. We all need to be saved. We all need this salvation. It's available to everyone. And it is the announcement given to the shepherds about the birth of our Savior. Do you have this kind of joy? Do you have this joy in your heart right now? This Christmas joy, this joy that exceeds any explanation and defies any logic, really, it goes beyond that He would love us so much He would come to earth, die for us, come to life again, and offer freedom from sin and guilt and life, eternal life, to all who would believe. The Apostle Paul put it this way in Philippians 4.4, be full of... Of the joy in the Lord always. This Christmas joy. And again I say, be full of joy. How could it be? He was incarcerated in prison when he wrote that. He sounds like a nut job. He knew the Christmas joy. It is something that surpasses everything else and goes deeper than any other stain or any other event of our life could ever go. It's what holds us. And all around, our soul would give way. He then is all of our hope and stay, the writer said. Do you have this Christmas joy? This Christmas joy is available to everyone. It is good news, great joy to all. Can I get a witness in the house?